1: Welcome everybody to another edition of Talking With Friends. I am your host, I suppose. I'm the one talking with my friends. I'm Josh Chernoff from the Mind of the Meany podcast, and so says Chernoff on Fight. We thank you so much for joining us, and joining me are my friends, starting with my brother, Mr. Fred Chernoff. Fred, how's it going?
0: Going pretty good. We had a little rain here, and it seems to have stopped, so I don't think the power is going to go out but hey go on without me if a rain
1: delay is good enough for wrestlemania it's good enough for us right that wasn't rhetorical i was asking (laughs) and god also joining us the hell am i looking at over there the ring what i don't know what has happened uh Calvin Tan is here as well, I think. Am I frozen? It's frozen oh, you are frozen. Uh, Good lord. I thought this was I thought you were uh, 2021 ring here. 2021 I thought you were ribbing ring. us here. Calvin
2: Tan see the I ring.
1: I don't know what is happening to Calvin Tan.
2: <laughs> uh but he is frozen. <laughs> Wait, I might have to exit and get back in. All this right, thing get, is, yeah, uh, why don't you just get out?
1: Um Calvin Tan has left in, in his place a beautiful silhouette of a woman. Um but why don't we take this opportunity to introduce Matt Mangle? Mangle by name, Mangle by reputation. How's it going, man? It's going pretty
3: well, thank you. You're Good welcome. to see you guys. Uh, Calvin, it was well, would have been good to see you, but I guess, you know. Yeah. Good well know what, Cal-
1: Calvin was rocking the ring uh, style, the old under- Undertaker uh, hair in the eyes gimmick, um, and now he's just gone. So... uh. But let's let's uh, let's chat a little bit then before we get started while we're waiting for Calvin because I'm not I'm not cutting this so let's let's just keep going. Why, why,
3: why would you? Why would you? Oh,
1: I don't know. So Mangle, what's yes. up, man? What's going on?
3: Talk to me. Uh, it's all good. Another day. It is uh, the day after Cinco de Mayo. So yeah, didn't have any margaritas. No, so that's great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fine, dude. It's uh, Thursday. It's S H I T. It's so happy. It's Thursday. So wow.
1: you know, I'm, uh, right I really um, appreciated um, seeing Dave Silva. Oh, ha- today's Dave Silva's birthday. Happy birthday! Happy to birthday! Dave Silva. Happy birthday! So this sir. will uh, this will definitely not air on his birthday. Um, of course. So three weeks. You ago never
0: have too many good. celebrations.
1: Um, and uh, he posted for Cinco de Mayo. He posted the picture of himself, <laughs> the cartoon version of him created by Fred uh, for uh job, shows, uh, for the, uh, what was it? Which, which episode the, uh, lunch with Pancho Villa. Yeah. Lunch. with
0: Yeah. Pancho actually, Villa. I, I asked, I asked, uh, Silva's permission before he, before I put him in there <laughs> and, and he, he loved it so much. He was so honored. He told me that, uh, he's using the things. Nice.
1: That's
3: great,
0: man.
1: Um, yeah, but no, he used the, uh, image for, it's <laughs> a celebrate Cinco de Mayo, which is, uh, which is wonderful. Um, But yeah, the reason. How are you, Josh? What's
3: going on in your world, sir?
1: Oh man, what's going on in my world? Well, uh, I guess the Mind of the Meanie action figures are available now, including my very own action figure. I think since we last did this, I actually have this. Is not the you can see there's one behind me, and then I got this one too, uh, and about a a a bunch more that just keep getting boxed up and sent out. Which is unlike uh, TWF T-shirts from back in the day. It's a really weird thing. These. Packages come into my home and then leave, and people give us money for them, and then they're hey, shipped I, I, to other. I got to get one
3: of those shirts, Josh. One of one the, of the uh, retro te- shirts. The I, I was
0: I was gonna ask when he when are you selling the retro shirts to our audience? Maybe we'll uh yeah
1: let us know. Shoot us over a a, a tweet at the twf show, uh t h e t w f s h o w. Um, and let us know, would you like some vintage TWF shirts? We have vintage-style TWF shirts, what I'm wearing right now, but this, is, this right here is available uh, at prorcelaintees.com slash mindofthemeanie, I believe. Uh, but yeah, we got the action figures, available at mindofthemeanie.com. Uh, we've still got a, a handful left, um, but they have sold out by Cella Toys, JB Toys, sold theirs out as well, um, and we oh. are... We are nearing our our sellout but uh, don't worry I've held held some for Fred who wanted them held some for Calvin who wanted them and mangle I guess you know so uh, we're uh, we're waiting for Calvin Tan first, first, first cheap shot of the evening Fred huh Where is where is Calvin Tan? Calvin is somewhere that t-shirt trying to find
3: where's Calvin Where's, where's Calvin self? with a silhouette of a woman?
1: um like jerry lynn but with calvin yeah yeah. so uh a little different 2002 that's where we left off last time 2002 we had we had done uh an event called uh what <laughs> I remember what it was retribution called Not retribution or- no not revenge. Um, Black man standing redemption.
3: Redemption. redemption 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 yeah okay yes uh,
1: we do our homework yeah we did we lived it that was enough um i wrestled that big one. lou you wrestled big lou um
3: and uh as as, as in the, ent- the ent- intro music uh i believe wasn't that the me me ba ba the, the thing with fred wasn't that the uh uh,
1: uh yeah yeah I, um,
3: the um, b- yeah, b- yeah b- the minute the minute yeah mainstream angle basically that's that's
1: basically what ministry thinking. angle that's pretty much what, what we
0: did well, oh that no, was, I, no. I, I i'm sorry i read, don't think I read that read happened then what was it the that's next it, show
1: it may have been the next show the one we're going to talk about today right.
0: which would be great oh, topic it was because
1: this is the return of heat wave, return of heat wave tan, was tan, his still moment wait, still waiting for that man's return uh the return of calvin tan meanwhile i'm not I'll, getting I'll, any texts uh he, he what's happening
0: Uh, um, that, that entrance music, I guess we'll circle back around to that, but that was um, me recording myself reading from the, the Book of the, the Dead, Dead or the Damned right? or the something. I, yeah, the Book of the Dead that I bought, I think in like some new age part of Barnes & Noble or something. And there was
1: one part that said, yeah. uh, he who enters to this music will be cursed 20 years later, right? Yeah. So Do you even know what I, you read? Hold on. Do
3: even know what you read? You probably unleashed all this... Stuff like oh, the, COVID, the, like COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little <laughs> wild. Oh, Wait a wait, minute. Wait, wait. wait a minute. Wait.
1: I'm just saying, COVID 19, right? When did you record right. that, Fred? 19 years ago. I'm just saying. Hey, I don't know. am just saying. Yeah. Cal- dear God but, uh, almighty. Oh, he's, back.
0: he's, he's been the ringer. Uh, oh, he's he's back. It said, looks
1: like he's coming straight out of the ringer. Um, Calvin Tan, welcome back. Uh, Man, are you okay? What's happening? Yeah, I'm
2: good. It's all good. I'm not frozen anymore.
1: Oh, man. Um, Plus. um, Oh, dear God. Calvin Tan has turned into, if the Undertaker was a mime.
0: Which is great
1: for a podcast. Yeah, it's really great for an audio podcast. Our (laughs) our primary listeners are audio listeners. Uh, Although I encourage all of you to go over to YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie and watch the video, especially this, because you're probably listening. It's going, the hell is going on here? Uh, But Calvin, we were about to talk about how in 2002, Heat Wave made a return. We were trying to figure out how to spice up Mangle's character, and uh, we we decided to go with Ministry Mangle. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) Which I, I feel read, like, read that
3: from the Book of the Dead releasing a curse yeah. that he doesn't know what he said. Now can we have
1: Mangle Ministries as like a, a shirt? Is that one when... <laughs> um but uh yeah um, so the picture of the eight
3: by ten Now,
1: So yeah. So what did you uh Kevin Tam, what what did you think when, when like what was the do you remember how we decided to have you be a part of this again to come back and be an on on air uh, character?
2: I, I mean I actually don't remember. Um i think you just i don't know i think you just threw it out there and i'm like okay no. um i think the the only concern was i guess he would be running the video wall mm-hmm. um while i was out there but i think i think fred pretty much just handled it himself i think I think, like one. fred
1: mentioned last time i think he he had started kind of things he had started figuring out methods better than just putting the the cap on the uh
0: mm-hmm. right you do anything enough you you learned a few tricks. So it was, it was still terrible, but.
1: But I also think, and we touched base on this a little bit last month.
2: I also well, think, I, think I also was already also queuing up the wrestlers kind of like that you needed someone backstage. You,
1: you were our Bruce to, Pritchard. You're at gorilla. Yeah, telling kind them of go get out. them
2: ready for, Hey, you're going to go out in a couple minutes, you know, once your music hits.
1: And today you're like our Bruce Pritchard. Sometimes you show up and sometimes,
0: um, but yeah, absolutely. that was part of the job was was queuing up things and uh, yelling at wrestlers who would wander between the the rear projector and the screen.
1: Hey. Uh, which reminds me, shout out to Kevin Matthews. How are you? <laughs> but good to see things are going well in Alaska. Um, so no, but Calvin, I think again, you know, something we've talked about so many different times, and I always go back to the uh, the Beyond the Grave 20 Year Anniversary Special uh, on Fight TV where we talked about for me personally, but us kind of as a whole, as a group, we're always chasing that feeling from, from 99 from beyond the grave back when this, like my shirt here was our logo. Um, of course this one says talking with friends established 2021 and it's available now at press slash mind of the meaning but, um, right. We don't have our own personality. No, not yet. No. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think back in '99, you know, we were so we we remembered that time so fondly that again, it was one of those things of like, okay, well, what can we do to spice up the TWF? And well, we brought Big Papa back, and what can we do with Mangle? Well, what if we bring Heatwave back? Because that'll get you know all the fans will come running back because they'll remember that special time and it obviously wasn't the draw that I think in the back of our minds we hoped it would be, but it definitely added. It definitely. Um, well, I don't think anyone knew the history or lineage of the IOV and all that. I do think the presentation of Mangle was that much better to have uh, a manager the way we were presenting you, Matt. What do you think?
3: Sure. Yeah. I was, I, you guys just said, guess what? He, he was coming back. I'm like, all right. It's fine. <laughs> we, so, we, we had no idea what the hell my character was gonna be, so no. let's throw some shit against the wall and see what's stuck, you know.
2: Um, well, usually when you have like a manager, like with somebody, right, it kind of gives that that wrestler almost like a boost, right? Yeah, it kind of gives but me it, a
3: have a little heatwave. Everything because then you know you you know we we, we can bounce stuff off each other uh, before and as we go out there and if something happens and uh, I lose my place in a match or something like that or whatever just run out of the ring and, you know, act like he's helping me and, you know, we're figuring it out. So just yeah, good. it's good to have that, that person there. So.
1: And I, you know, we, we talked a little bit before about the entrance video it was allowed us to kind of start flexing our creative muscles in that regard. Um, doing the fun entrance video, going down the hallway where, you know, uh heat wave flashes in heat wave flashes out. And uh, that was a lot of fun, but there was also, um, you know, we talked about while Calvin was, uh, while Calvin had disappeared, uh, into the ether somewhere, we were having a conversation about how, uh, the music and Fred recording the new Mimi Bach fury and from the book of the damned or book of the dead or whatever it was, and yeah. how he cursed oh, wow. the entire world. Um, but, and the TWF, Yeah. No, well, I think that was pretty no, cursed that. from, uh, from the get go. Um, But no, but around the same time, you know, we had talked last month about how uh, the Doc and Bill Bain kind of became friends. You know, we'd hang out with them and um, basically, long story short, what happened was Scott started saying, hey, I think, you know, we'd like to maybe book a show. What would you think of letting us book a TWF show in, uh, they were in Fredericksburg, Maryland. So, right. And so they yeah. started looking around and first they're talking about Maryland and then they're like, what about West Virginia?
0: Um, well, they were but, right on the border. They were like 10 minutes from, from the West Virginia border. So,
1: yeah. So they found a, so, so it, it came together very quickly. If you think about, you know, the, the fact that we first worked with Scott in February and less than six months later, we were doing a show in West Virginia. Um, you know that's kind of where we are at this point. Uh, that was our July show, so this was the first time that we had done back to back months. We had just done the show in June. We we're going to do a show in July now in West Virginia. It was our first time taking a little a little trip anywhere. And uh, you know, every show, I feel like we we grew in whether it be the production, whether it be the the you know uh, the roster, or whether it just be us, you know, learning a lot from each show. Um, Fred, what do you remember about the, how that came about the, the show in West
0: Virginia? Um, I, I know Scott was very excited about, I, I, a lot of, you were the one working with him mostly that put it all together. So I know that from my standpoint, it was just sort of, what do you think we can do that? I, I know that, that you asked me like, what? We're not. We're not renting a truck. We're not bringing the whole set and everything. So we looked at. We decided it's going to be a house show, um, and you said, "What? What can we do?" And we decided we went back and forth because it would be easy enough to run a house show and just give our guys a chance to work through things and figure stuff out. But because we are who we are, and we just we just overshoot with everything. And we I think we wanted to to introduce the audience down there to like what kind of a product we we provide. So we wanted to still do. The, the entrance videos without the set. And so, so that, so I had to figure out how to make that work and kind of a, a really, really, I, I was a low budget, but everything we did was low budget. So I mean, if, ultra, if memory ultra low budget version. If
1: memory serves me correctly. We came through a door mm-hmm. and above us on the wall was the entrance videos projected. And you- yeah, no, no
0: screen. I, I, it was a front projection. I sat at a desk that everybody could mm-hmm. see me and just, Aimed it right at the... And we just walked
1: right wall. past you on our way
0: <laughs> right to the ring. Um,
1: but this was exciting for us. The opportunity to do a show and to be on the road. And oh, yeah. more than anything, I know for me personally, uh, it was exciting to not put out any money. That was a really cool thing. So um, to jump ahead with a couple things, Mark Mest was was on board. So he was coming. Uh, we'll talk about Mark Mest in the uh, floorboard a little bit later. But... Wow, we, we got so plenty to talk in, about. But I want to put in perspective in our lives, because this is us talking with friends, and this show is is a lot of fun because we get to reminisce about our time in the business, but it's also the time not in the business that is important, the time what we were doing with ourselves. And this was the summer of two thousand two, whereas our group of friends affectionately called it, the summer of a lifetime. Um in the sense that it was referred to as this is gonna be the summer of a lifetime because remember how great last summer was, specifically with me and my friends, summer of 2001, 20 years ago, was my summer after high school before college, which is traditionally for a lot of people, the best summer they can ever have because you're in that, you're know year finished and, and you've got this excitement of what's to come in life but you've wrapped up all of your responsibilities in, in this life that you've had as long as you can remember. So we, you know, it was, hey, we all went off to college and now everyone's going to come back and this is going to be summer of a lifetime because now, I mean, God, we're grownups, you know? We're we're college kids. we're And you guys, of course, a few years older than me. Um, but yeah, we are like, this is going to be summer of a lifetime. And it sucked. It was a bad, 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 bad. Bad, bad summer. Fred and I worked at a, a, a camp, Warrington Day camp, where we were getting paid less than, uh, than Andrew and Dave Sagan's sister because she had taken uh, like an uh, uh, education 101 class or something at the community college, and they like deemed it that she should make an extra dollar an hour, which was a lot of money back then. You know, that was a, that was a movie ticket in a day.
0: It was a very long summer. I, I don't, you know, I don't remember why all the parts of why it was so terrible, but um, it was yeah. really hot. I Wasn't that with Magnanimous?
1: That. I remember some of it. Yeah. Yeah. When,
0: no, the, <laughs> I mean, the camp was, was rough. And one, one of the things that affected the summer and affected the camp specifically was that it was a really, really hot, dry summer. There was about yes. two days that it rained. It was about 90 to 100 degrees every single day. Um, which is one of the reasons we'll get to I guess when when we travel, we're gonna get the hell away from the heat. Um, so that was part of it. And that affected our heat. Yeah, we want we we wanted ran, to we
3: find something moist.
0: <laughs> when we ran when we ran huh? shows, um, and we'll get we'll get <laughs> to inferno and all like it was every, everything we did was that whole summer was oh, just, it was an inferno. It, was an inferno, yeah. well, it, yeah, it was. was an inferno Fred. Yeah, Well it was. I
1: mean it was it was incredibly hot. And you know, that was kind of our you know, that summer was not a lot of fun in that regard. Uh, the camp was a brand new camp, but on the grounds of a camp Fred and I had gone to, and that I had worked at at one point and had these great experiences, but now it was yeah. under new management and it was totally different. And it was just, it just didn't work. I'm not going to bore you with the story of camp. I will say one thing though, Matt Mangle had the Let's right idea. save that for mind the meaning. Yeah. I'll save that for mind of the meaning where I'll bore you about uh, stories about my friends from high school that nobody knows nor cares for. <laughs> Um, according to, Hey, let me just put it out there. Cause I wanted to be somewhat polite on mind of the meanie. If you're the person who went on our, uh, iTunes and left a review that it's now mind of the Josh or whatever the fuck it is. You said, here's the thing. All right. It is my show and meanie show. And if you don't like the fact that I'm talking, then don't listen to the show. Don't watch the show. And if you don't like the fact that I uh, talk about my friends from high school, why are you watching this? So I feel like I'm definitely not talking to the person who wrote it. But um, regardless, I just deck. want to say, I'm getting, here's my thing. You're but, getting half hot. Critique, me all, half. critique me all you want. Don't go on and on about how much you love Meanie and then give him a two-star review on his podcast. It's stupid. If you have an issue with me, that's what Twitter's for at so says Chernoff, tweet me at so says Chernoff and tell me how much I suck and how much I'm ruining mind of the meanie, okay? But don't go ahead and leave us a two-star review where you whine and complain that you want more meanie stories. Trust me, we all want more meanie stories and as soon as meanie has a story to tell, he'll tell it. I've never told him, no meanie, don't tell that story right now. Let me talk more about that time that Mike Green tore his asshole on a, on a suplex. Anyway... I digress. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, the summer yeah, sucked. Matt quick. Mangle came with
1: us uh, for our interviews. Fred and I went in for the interview. They asked, Matt, are you here for the interview? He goes, no, I'm just along for the ride, which is something we all should have said. Uh, best, best I anyway, was not
2: around. Uh, I, was, uh, I think I had an in, internship. You were in New York,
1: I want to say, right? Uh,
2: yeah. I don't think...
1: You were doing an internship in New York with your j the thought, right?
2: Thought Capital that was records. The fall. I thought that was the fall. I think I was I was doing an internship Maybe. in Bluebell.
1: Hmm. Okay. I,
2: I, remember I, the I, J-
1: was, I remember. there was uh, one one old friend of ours had an issue with your J Lo glasses, as he put them.
2: I think that was later. I didn't. I, I think. I think New York was after this internship. This internship was first. Okay. It was in a okay. studio in Bluebell.
0: So cool. so when so. To get to get back to the, the story, so we're talking about going when we went down to West Virginia, right? So that was at the beginning. Yeah. Of the so summer.
1: so the summer right. really the summer was was sucking a lot did. for us. So I think it was July when we went. July. Uh, and we yeah. called the show one, one step,
3: step closer. One step closer. Why? To what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one step closer to another show.
1: <laughs> Maybe one step closer to taking that that that's Right. Step to the next it was, level. It was, it was. Now we're traveling. It was One step closer to being what we want to be.
3: Yeah, we yeah. ended up running June, July, and August.
0: Yep. Yeah, That that was. I mean, other than a brief period of time, many years later, like that was, that was a big deal for us. We didn't usually run so consistently, which is which is part of you know, what was starting to happen over that summer. That was just exhausting. I think mainly for Josh mm-hmm. more than everybody else. And but, some of the um, stuff yeah. that was
1: most difficult, I think, with that. Um, in that time period was just the uncertainty of, of everything. We had jumped in June to colonial elementary school. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we knew we were going to do that again in August. Um, but we were consistently every single time having issues with them, uh, last minute, try a couple of times where they tried to like cancel the show on us. Uh, well,
3: one of those issues was, uh, worker related, wasn't it?
1: Well, I mean we had I I don't know, we had tons of issues with a lot well, yeah, that's what well, I think yeah, that I don't was know
0: which, Inferno. I don't know Right. Yeah, we'll get somebody, uh, somebody I don't know which uh, I don't know which one it was, on but
1: the, uh, uh yeah, Um Yeah, uh ECW original and uh deceased piece of garbage, uh the Rockin' Rebel, um, who was a just an absolute uh absolute piece of crap as a human being. Um we won't go into his whole story or how it came to an end. Um, but uh, the rock and rebel worked for us uh, as he had starting in the, I want to say the February show had kind of weaseled his way in saying, Hey, I, I do stuff with the state and I can make sure Frank talent looks the other way on this, that or the other. Uh, apparently he made Frank talent look the other way on buying deodorant. Uh, but we'll get to that in, in Inferno, but um, Inferno. But uh the Rockin Rebel was now you know hey I'll help you out put me on the show brother brother and uh so we put him on the show brother brother and uh and he's he walking s- around
3: uh, urinating on the school and asking for crystal meth
1: Pretty much yeah that's it yeah that's, yeah. It. that's <laughs> it I mean there's
3: really now, um first of all yeah. I, I had never heard of that I'm like okay crystal meth uh, I assume it's a drug uh, I don't know where that yeah, would be like over
1: there Yeah I didn't look really get look at, Yeah look at the vending machine <laughs> He's looking around. He's asking for crystal meth. A lot of uh, anti-Semitic comments oh, were being yeah, thrown right. around. I yes. um, Guess he didn't know that his uh, we heard about the bookers for Jews, staff but the, you know,
0: yeah. the staff of the the elementary school or the district or whatever that was running thing uh, was were the ones who reported back to us what was going on. Yeah, but we were yeah. we were and this this is a story that you'll hear you know over the next several episodes that when it came to rebel we were sort of. Powerless in a lot of ways because of his connection with the state and other yeah. things. So, And
1: I want to point out that um, while he was urinating on the side of the building, um, we had a, a locker room with bathrooms. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, we had an actual yeah. locker room. Yeah. We didn't have a latrine.
3: Unlike, we
1: unlike West we Virginia. Had- but... Yes. So here's the thing with West Virginia. So we all decided, yeah. all right, who's going to West Virginia? Well, obviously, Big Papa just made his big return. He's going, but nope. Big Papa got uh, sunburn. was it?
3: it Sun- sunburn. Like, uh, look, we, yeah. we never had the mangle Big Papa match.
0: No. No. Now, well, that, so that's whatever
3: that, it was, but uh, I was looking forward to pressing him up and slamming him down.
1: Yeah, let me tell you something. As someone who worked with him, uh, if you if, if you were planning anything other than uh, uh, lead potatoes, um, you weren't. Getting... Hey, hey. Yeah. two bones. But uh, no, no, I mean, he, no, he just, you know, he, he,
0: I mean, yeah, he, he backed out. I mean, that would have been really good. I don't know if it would have made a big difference in the long run, but I think, no, like, I mean, we definitely, it wasn't it like was, West, one, it was West, West show, Virginia but, was,
1: was big Papa country,
0: you know, like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, in, in a sense yeah. there was a house show that typically, yeah, when somebody returns and, and all that kind of, you want to, you want to get them, you know, get them comfortable in the ring and, and working, whatever, that whatever the big match is going to be that we're going to pay off right. on our next thing. And that was kind of the that,
1: idea, but what we,
3: yeah, mangle just i figured weave it in right about now um mr big lou
1: mm.
2: mr
3: yeah. big lou decided to come down to west virginia
1: yeah well no okay. we're, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there so who was we'll in the car okay. it was so you. Let's, let's 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 put a pin in it then well no no no. no. we can go to it right now so we had we had oh. the only other thing i was gonna say calvin were you in west virginia
3: no calvin no. didn't go to west, virginia. Not part of west virginia andrew uh, Andrew uh, Sagan Andrew did not uh, go to not west virginia bad. it was a foreign country It was unable to go.
1: There was a lot of concern about Andrew. This was something that I always found amusing. So Andrew, much like myself and Fred, Andrew uh, is Jewish. uh, But Andrew is, unlike me and Fred, Andrew is Asian. And the concern that was expressed by his folks was, we don't know what kind of part of West Virginia this is, and they don't take too kindly to Jews. (laughs) My issue with it was... Well, dude, like in all fairness, I think their issue is going to be that you're Asian. No one knows you're, it's not like you're walking around with a, a freaking mezuzah. Like nobody knows that you're Jewish, you know, but he was like, his big thing was like, no, the Asian thing's not a big deal. It's the fact that I'm Jewish. And we're like, what are you, what are you are going to stop and pray? Like, it? like, so what, how are they going to know this?
3: When you were 18, you took a senior class trip. Where did you go?
1: Florida. We went to Disney World.
3: Yeah, okay, okay. Yes. Did Andrew go?
1: Yes. Done. I don't know what. We went point to Florida. You you just what, Florida we went to Florida Virginia. We, okay, we first, have a well, lot of, of all, people are, down here in Florida. Yeah, I know. Florida, Florida, and Jews—definitely not anything that's been said in the same sentence before. Mangle. Um, yeah. There's a. <laughs> Come on. There's. man went all the way down there. You couldn't cross over one border. That, to- that mangle. Man, it, if I if I may pull a little thing out of the because uh, this is on uh, youtube.com slash mind of the meanie sure. a little breaking news. There is a large uh Jewish population in Florida. <laughs> I know that, sir. How also, we viewers? also we went to Disney World. Okay. Yeah.
2: Disney World is not own exactly own bubble.
1: Yeah, Disney World's its own bubble, and it's also it's Orlando. It's not exactly like, you know, you're up a little further north. Either in way. Florida. Regardless, th- regardless though, Jewish or not Jewish, the man's Asian. No one know the last right. thing anyone is thinking to themselves when they see him and they're in West Virginia's like, oh man, gotta get a look at that guy. I bet he's a Jew, too. Like nobody is thinking that. But anyway, uh it's probably he didn't for go. he didn't go. Ironically, the place in West Virginia where we were very much resembled the uh, the town where Andrew lived. Um Reminded me a lot of that. But as we've learned now, thanks to uh, the last, you know, few years in our country, uh, apparently people are horrible. And we were just small children who didn't realize how bad the world really was. And as you can tell from our group here and other people we've mentioned, uh, we proudly, you know, referred to ourselves as, the, as the, uh, the United Nations when we would get together. We weren't really uh, seeing those issues that were in the world of races and religions and all that stuff. Cause we all just were friends, but, uh, simpler time. Um, but anyway, Andrew didn't make it. Calvin didn't make it. Uh, but biz came with us, our friend biz, uh, to do the camera work, um, and salivate. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, uh, but yeah, so who was in the car? So it was me, Mango Hello.
0: I, I came down the next big day for the, for the show. Like Lou, Fred came.
1: And, and Fred and came Lou, down the next day because Fred did stuff like that a lot. Yes,
0: I don't. I don't Lou, know why.
1: Lou, don't know. Yeah, Fred, come on, we're all going to this. Well, it's going to be great. The yeah, Lou, I, Lou brought. Well, the brought the now football football. Do.
3: No, <laughs> I don't think it, yeah. Lou brought a mesh, a mesh, a mesh football bag. $15. So we, we pull up, we no, pull no, up no, to pick no, up, no, up no. Big Lou.
1: Well, mangled
3: and don't just dump dinner in
1: my lap. Set the table first. All right, we got to. We pull up to pick up Big Lou. All right. We're going for how many days? Two Nine, two nights, maybe? Two, two nights. Two days, Two so, nights. Yeah. yeah. We're going to West Virginia. We pick up Big Lou. Man walks out. He has... Yeah, what can only be described as if you've ever seen a, a, a youth soccer practice. Uh, the net bag that <laughs> that the balls might be carried yeah. in. A drawstring. A, bag. A, draw, a drawstring. Uh, I don't know what kind whatever it was. But yeah, yeah you want to take like you want to take it from here as the man walks out. And this uh, bag
3: was stuff in it. Had fifteen dollars and then He he he's for about an hour into the car ride. Yo 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 hey, y'all want some? No, it's not oh, what you think. No, oh, dude, you're oh, okay, okay. Okay, I know
1: you're skipping. You're you're, you're skipping it. All right, Let's I'm just it. gonna
3: I'm just gonna sit here. Tonight.
1: We picked that man up in North Hills, okay, which is part of Upper Dublin which is a throne stow. stow uh, a throne's a throne stow. stow. Wow. It was a, it was a, a fresh paint Whew. of coat. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm exhausted. My son was up at 545 this morning. Uh,
0: uh, my other one was up at 3. You got another three. show later. I, I got another we, show you, to do after this. You'll be throwing stows all over the place.
1: <laughs> a throne's... It was a throne stow. I not want to say it a couple times. The slicker can make a shirt. A throne stow... Uh, No, a a stone's throw from Dresher, okay? Fort Washington area. It's all right next to each other. We pick up Big Lou. We decide, okay, we're about to hit the road. Let's grab a bite to eat before we hit the road. Let's swing by the McDonald's in Dresher. That man dropped some money at McDonald's. Almost all of the money that he left with. He brought, I want to say it was like $14, and the man was then rocking it like Dwayne Johnson. He had seven bucks in his pocket for the rest of the trip. Like, that was it. And so, I mean, obviously, we were covering his hotel and, and whatnot and, and his transportation, just um, me driving. But so we go there. We take a ride. About, ha- about an hour in, all of a sudden, the man starts offering. This is what Manga was alluding to. Yo, man, you want some? In his loose in his pocket, and what, as memory serves, were uh, were sweatpants. Loose in the pocket of sweatpants were Matt Mangle.
3: Soybeans. Soybeans.
1: Soybeans. So there you go. Big little his own soybeans. Head, so, you know, and hey, he. Broad enough to share with the whole class, so he didn't, and none of us had any of them. Like he the old school, like the, yeah, no. It, so, all right, so we broken. show up, and we get to the hotel, and uh, I think Brody got there around the same time with his girlfriend at the time, um, and uh, and they, so they check in, we check in, and I believe we then went went over to uh, Applebee's where big Lou proceeded to spend or order as though he had significantly more than $7. Um, and then we had to spot him. I'll remind you that was dinner of the first of two nights. We still had breakfast, lunch, and dinner the next day. And then at least breakfast the day after that, uh, big Lou had spent all his money. Um, but, We had a promo in mind that we'd really kind of ironed out on the way down. Now, we had heard that a representative from Pro Wrestling Illustrated was going to be at this show. And uh, we were like, okay, well, we need to really put our best foot forward. Um, We need to show, this is my opportunity to show, my ability to interact with a crowd. So we came up with this idea that I would be out there with the HCC, the hardcore clan that was Brody and Lou, and we would come out there saying that we wanted to really uh, endear ourselves to the crowd. Or, or we wanted the crowd to, to, to accept us. So we put on uh, fake teeth. We had the hillbilly hats and stuff like that. Cheap heat, of course. But then, as I'm cutting my promo, John Brody would hold up signs. Little Inside Baseball. These signs were not created by John Brody. They were handed to John Brody. These signs were created by one Matt Mangle the night before in the hotel room. Mangle, what do you remember of these signs? Hmm. I remember I remember one of
3: them, uh, vividly. Uh, the <laughs> wash your ass one. Um, yes. So we had
1: little ones like uh, your house is double parked.
3: Yes. There was something um, with an arrow pointing somewhere.
1: There was, a, yeah, I don't know what there was. And I was meanwhile reading, you might be a redneck. And I'm reading things like, uh, how does a redneck get circumcised? And it was like, neither sister in the jaw. I'm like, I don't understand this. And then Brody would whisper to me, "the, the explain it. And then I would go, oh my God, you people are disgusting. And it was great. And there are people all pissed off in the crowd. But it was the wash your ass sime that made (laughs) the the representative of pro wrestling illustrated get up and leave because he was quote personally offended yeah not personally offended you're wrestling
3: and that's personally offended hey pw go fuck yourself all right take that magazine Rip the no. pages out, make some origami penguins, and shove it up your ass, all right?
0: Mangle's not going to be in this year's 500. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a hot there.
1: Matt, Matt, Matt Mangle is just pissed off because he was always 501. Um,
3: hey,
0: I don't
1: care. It's a
3: good damn pair, good pair of jeans. What? Levi's 501 jeans. Now, come on. Oh, geez. Like, Sorry. Where are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Man- Man- I thought Andy we were talking so
0: much. A number of years ago was number 500. I know Danny that. DeManto. I, don't, I don't know. I assume like Kevin Matthews and probably some other TWF guys made it in there at some point, but Danny Demanto was number five hundred. Number five
1: hundred, but number one thousand in our hearts. Um, uh, send send the tag belt back. We'll get to that one day. Um, and, 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 and Lou, hold on, you forgot one thing. Lou
3: did not shower one day that we were there,
1: including not even after any including after wrestling Bill Bain. Yeah. who shared a bed with him? I believe he slept on the floor. Oh, he slept on the floor. You and Biz shared a bed, and I got my own yeah, bed. Yeah. Is
0: that right? And, and, and you're asking why I came down the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so we were down in West Virginia. We ran a show, uh, a show that was originally intended to be a house show and became more of like a specialty show that it didn't really apply to. Yeah, because there wasn't it, much it was of like the a house. was... Like, it was like a house show and that didn't really apply directly to the, what was going to be coming the next, next show, but it also was just sort of random. There was a lot of like, we were just testing different things, trying stuff, and, and a lot of it was to get Scott, who was still, still the doc at that point, right? Um, yes. We, we, were, we, were, we wanted to get Scott over um, with his home crowd.
1: Scott needed to book himself against a name. Yes. And there was a name fresh off of MTV, WWFs, Tough Enough. Uh, was it WWE by this point? Maybe may have been WWE. Freshly WWE. Very,
0: mm, very very freshly.
1: Um, so. But uh, it was. It definitely was WWE because of the shirt that I have that I bought a month later in Niagara okay, Falls. Okay, then. So
0: we'll. Mm. you know,
1: foreshadowing to probably the next episode, but, um, God, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he booked, uh, Josh Matthews, um, who everybody now knows for his role in, uh, in impact wrestling, um, commentator, he's no longer even a commentator there. He's now, um, he's now like working behind the scenes. Um, but he's had an incredibly successful career, but at that point, so, Josh at, Matthews. At the,
0: at the t- yeah. No, no, go for it. No, I was just saying that at the time, Josh Matthews was in. He was in a a a little gulf of time between being cut from Tough Enough, where he got where he he got well known from that, and then he ended up getting signed not as a wrestler to WWE. So there was this little bit of time where he was utilizing, as many people did who were cut from Tough Enough, he was utilizing his fame from that show to get indie bookings, and that's how we got yes. him.
1: He was, uh, he eventually signed with WWE in December of 2002, uh, where he would pop up as a backstage interviewer on SmackDown. Um, but yeah, but at this point, we're talking summer, we're talking July 2002. He was getting indie bookings. So, long story short, here's what happened. He's booked, he's going to work Scott in the main event. Um, and it's going to be exciting, it's going to be cool. We got a name, man. If you're putting money, I don't know what Scott was putting out for him, but it was Scott's responsibility to book him, uh, get, Get his travel, get his hotel, all that stuff. I get a voicemail from Scott the morning of our show. That's no, I'm sorry. I get a panicked call where Scott is playing a voicemail that I can't hear because he's playing a voicemail. He's like calling me from Bill Bain's phone, We're playing a voicemail over. I have no idea what's going on. It's all muffled. Basically, what happened here was uh, long story long, which by the way is a shirt, available now over at Pro slash mind of the meanie for talking with friends. Long story long, it's a new one. Um but uh he was his air his uh, uh, plane ticket was booked under Josh Matthews. Uh his name is Joshua Lomberger and yeah. uh doesn't matter how well known you are especially uh, less than a year after 9-11, um, you show up. You ain't getting on the plane with your working name. So I wasn't getting on the plane. That was it. And uh, so we're like, okay, well, we, we promised Josh Matthews and, you know, how, how are we going to save this? Because we got a paid audience coming. Legitimately, we got a paid audience coming. They're expecting to see this dude from uh, from Tough Enough. Yeah. Uh, Scott Fowler made some calls, and somehow, down the road, there was another show going on, which, for the record, why didn't you know there was another show going on down the road that same night? And that kind of explains that in the uh, the, the new uh, new gas station on the corner. That explains why the house was so bad. But the Sandman was working that show. And somehow, he managed to get ECW original, the Sandman, to take the place of, uh, of Josh Matthews.
0: And if, and if I'm correct and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, he was willing to help us out by taking the pay that we were offering Josh Matthews, even though Sandman normally charged more. Yes. I think he, he said whatever you yep. were going to pay the other guy.
1: Sandman was the coolest person to work with. Um, if anyone ever i don't look i don't know what other people's experiences are with him um everybody seems to like him but in my experience and i think our experience um he was he could not have been better to work with more professional um i mean he did bring uh enough beer that we were like wow he brought beer for everybody too no it was just for him uh, and he finished it all before he got out there um but the Sandman was such a good dude, and was willing to do whatever for yeah. the the pet. I mean, and that is what led into um, my moment of getting to work with the Sandman, and uh, and big lose moment uh, because the Sandman had a hardcore match, of course, with Scott Fowler. Um, but nothing like stupid hardcore. It was just you know it was hardcore enough. There was chairs, there was uh, a ladder, and like, They yeah. hit their spots, but it was a it was a it was a pretty easy going hardcore match. And uh, he at the end, um, uh, it was something like he he beat Scott for the Pennsylvania title, and right. I then came out there as the owner of the company to say you didn't beat him for the Pennsylvania title because we're in West Virginia and the title can only be defended in Pennsylvania, therefore still champion Scott Fowler, to which case I then super kicked Scott Fowler um, and was then caned by the Sandman, which was a really cool experience. Uh, he He took care of me. The man then turned around to get gored by Big Lou. Big Lou... Never took anything more seriously than than this spear to the to he, he loved to the man. Sandman. he loved Loves the Sandman. he talked about the Sandman for years the Sandman was going to show up yeah. in the Royal Rumble the Sandman was going to yep. you know um but the, but the thing look, what, if if, what did the Sandman tell him though oh,
0: he, it? He, it was great yeah like like a feather, feather. something like that yes. yeah felt yeah felt like a feather I I think it's worth you know we we have had a lot of experiences that were you know were, that were not great with some with some established people in the business and stuff but but you got to look at if anyone has listened to josh's explanation there of what what sandman did in the main event of this show that he wasn't even supposed to be booked on i mean how cool was that for a guy with that kind of reputation to come in and he said he said, what do you want to do? And you laid out this entire thing to him and said, and you'll win this title and then it's going to be overturned. And then you're going to get gored, and you're going to get all that stuff. And he said, cool, whatever. Like, like he, that, that, I don't know if people, I don't know if people who, who haven't been in art in the position in the business understand how rare that is for someone with any kind of credibility and, and, and name to come in and be willing to do whatever.
1: And when I told him you'll cane me, Well, actually, he does. He actually came up with the idea. He says he'll, yeah, he'll come in here, turn around, and I'll cane you. And I was like, "Cool, man." (laughs) I was like, "That sounds great." And I was like, "So I'll kind of turn around, just walk right into it." And he like thought for a second, and I guess he looked at me as this like young kid and goes, "Well, I'll kick you in the stomach and I'll cane you on the back." And I was like, "Okay." And looking back on that, he easily could have been like, ah, this, this fucking Mark, you know, yep. and just nailed me over the head with that cane, as we know the Sandman can do. Um, and instead, I you talk about like a feather, like it, I barely even felt it. Um, he really took care of me. Um, he was so unbelievably professional. Uh, and it was a, it was a great show, not for Scott, who lost a lot of money, but it was a great, it was a great show. <laughs> Um we the had show up pretty fun. well,
0: I think yeah, it was a fun time. Um, I and think then at the, the end we had a really, really good really
1: We had a really good talk with Mark mast at the end where Mark yes. Mest rocked back and forth and the the uh floor uh beneath uh, uh, uh to quote one of Fred's books uh protested beneath him and uh and he uh yeah that made biz hungry
0: we we talked so. last time. About our, our our deep love for Mark So we just think we just really enjoyed working with him, and and uh, that was the time. I think I don't know if we mentioned last time or that we we used to we used to refer to as mestisms that like him and, and and Troy both that they would like give these like pieces of advice, mm-hmm. and that that was where we first like really had the chance like other than at at his dungeon, his his, his school. Um, Man, what a sentence! It was the first chance we really had to like hang. what is it? What a sentence! It was the first yeah.
1: time she really got to, uh, uh, to talk to him, except for that time in his dungeon. <laughs>
0: I, as I was saying I, I, I saw where I was going. Um, but we got to hang out with him as like you know, everybody had left, and we're taking stuff down and everything. and um and he I'm trying to think that night what he was talking about. like he that was that that was weave your craft, right? yep, yeah, we were talking we were talking a lot about how like like we're trying you know the, our, our guys are trying to learn and and everything and, and he was he was very cool. He was someone who had a lot more experience in the business and he was he, I remember he said he was like, um said, like, yeah, you gotta. You got, you got to go with works and you, you weave your craft and, and over time you get, you get where you want to be. And it was kind of, and we and we just were like, okay, yes, sir. Well, we, we got him one month later.
1: Um, <laughs> we returned back uh, for Inferno. Now Inferno was a big show for us because I was going to have my long awaited by at least us a uh, long awaited rematch against big Papa. Um, Mangle was going to be facing the, the, the debuting Rod Greco, um, who had been the dominator back in the day, our friend Rod Hanoon, um, and was going to be creating the stable with formerly known as Joe Hoffman, was now going to become Matt Gambino, creating the Gambino family. Um, a, lot, Gambino a lot of big, big
0: developmental stuff. Can I, can I comment on on uh, Rod real quick? Please. So with that... Without without giving the whole the whole backstory, but uh, yeah, Rob was had worked with the TWF back in the day, and he was an amateur wrestler and very talented. Rod was someone consistently, and this, and he he was in he appeared in every incarnation of the TWF, and he was someone who was just so naturally gifted at the at at the sport of professional wrestling and the and the entertainment side of professional wrestling, and he he pissed us off to no end every step of the way. <laughs> Because he could care less about what he, – he was happy to do it. If, it if, if he had nothing else going on and he could show up for the yeah. show, he thought it was fun. He had no passion for the business. And we were just every, – every second, we were just like, my God, you – you have it. You have the X factor yeah, and we are, want to do all this stuff with you. And he just like, oh, I got a, I got a gig bartending. I can't come to a show. Like, yeah, I got a
1: bartend for it. And, and, and in fairness, we were paying him nothing, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You,
0: you know, but yeah,
1: it was what but he it was. Us every, uh, Rod was one of those guys, too, who would be like, hey, Rod, you want to come train? Uh, no, sorry, I can't, guys, but I'll definitely make it to the show. Oh, but Rod, you haven't wrestled in two years. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be fine. And somehow he's so much better than he was before and better that like he was just so good. He wrestled mangle, but a couple of quick things I want to kind of get through some of the fun parts because we don't really care about the storylines here on Talking With Friends. We care about the experiences. And one of the experiences uh, was... Mangle coming out there and getting up in Joe Hoffman slash Matt Gambino's face and grabbing Matt Gambino and choking Matt Gambino as only Matt Mangle can because Matt Mangle can get a little stiff-ski in the ring sometimes, a little snug-ski. Got to make it real. And you got to make it real, brother, brother. And he was choking Gambino, waiting for that cue from Fred, who at that point in time was probably thinking – man, I could use Calvin right about now because that music was not coming. And as Matt Gambino's face turned a shade of red um, was and I, now continued like to cute. choke him.
0: What was like 35, 40, seconds. You're supposed to be hitting, 30, like 40, to be hitting Rods.
1: Seconds. We had been doing a lead-in for Rod. We'd been flashing that stuff with like some right, of his music. Right, Um Stealing the end is near gimmick from Armageddon from uh, WWE. I guess they stole Armageddon from us, so why not?
0: Um, I thought we stole Taz's gimmick to be honest
1: no no it was that the his, theme song
0: his, his symbol would, no I'm saying that his symbol would appear oh yeah at random we times yeah
1: we absolutely stole that um, but that could have been anything that was, we stole the idea it was Jericho flashing okay. countdown the same idea um, I remember everybody thought it was Slayer Remember that wrestler Slayer because it like yeah. happened at one point when he was walking to the ring. Um, oh, that, guy, yeah. that guy was something else. Horrible. Google Google him, I guess if you can. Um, no. So anyway, eventually Rod comes was, out he was, there. He was
3: our Gideon, but less talented.
1: Rod comes out there and puts uh and puts a camel clutch, I want to say, on yeah. uh, on Mangle, where well, Gambino is behind. slapping Mangle in the face yeah. and. Uh, and mangle it was a great segment up. it was a great segment that led to a match later in the, in the night um rod i mean we put him right in there with the world champion mangle was the world champion uh in west virginia mangle wrestled me and brody in a handicap match uh and went over um I think it was the is that the only time you actually beat me clean that i let you beat me clean well, yeah yeah i guess so yeah but anyway, no, he had a great match with Rod, and I'd love to roll the footage right now. Unfortunately, Biz Cheney, midway through the match, who was our cameraman, runs into the back and goes, "Are you guys seeing this? This is amazing!" And we're like, "What do you need? What do you need? A, a battery? You you out of tape? No, this, this match is, is, is a, so the best match, the best so match. So good. And we're like, he's like, "Are you seeing this?" We're like, "No, but we'd really like to." So get the hell back out there and film it. Uh, the man, but that speaks to—I mean, it was so good. Biz hated wrestling and wanted the TWF to die, but that man <laughs> loved this match so much uh, that he came back and yeah, stopped filming it. Um,
0: uh, so, so should we should we uh, allow Calvin to talk about the actual experience of being out there since we have no we have no footage?
1: Yes. So now we have some footage. We have Calvin yeah, yeah, walking yeah, yeah. into the ring with Mangalimmy. So this was Calvin's debut re-debut uh, as Heatwave. So Calvin, um, if you can. Speak to us from beneath your hair,
2: Calvin's Tan. The, is, is that the? Is that the show? I took a clothesline. Yes, from Gambia. Yeah, that's a yeah. Great so spot. it was, it was, it was cool being out there. Uh, it was, uh, you know, getting heckled wow. by the the fans, obviously. Mister so.
1: Fuji's son.
2: Yeah, I.
1: Gambino's being called Harry Potter, and you're Gambino's being called Mr.
2: Fuji's son. Um, but but I, I. Those are from I the ECW. Those are from Hat Mr. Guy son and his because, friends. Yeah,
3: and, and it was about a thousand degrees in that gymnasium.
2: <laughs> yep. I, I was, I was oh, yeah. digging getting called Mr. Fuji's son because I, you know, watching Mr. Fuji, yeah. I never watched Mr. Fuji wrestle. But I grew up in wow. a time when he was managing yeah. like the barbarian sure. and the warlord and the powers of pain and stuff like that. So to be out there being called son, I'm like, oh that's kinda Remember cool. Remember when
1: I said we were all naive and didn't really understand racism?
2: Well, I mean <laughs> yeah, I mean I understood that. But well no, but like, but Calvin, you're also you're also a huge E C W fan. Yes. I am a huge E C W oh. fan, yes. So, so to so, be getting so heckled get, by getting those attention guys. from those guys, yeah. Yeah. yeah, with the hat guy, yeah. yeah. So it was it was cool to, to get heckled by them, and, you know, it was kind of like a badge of honor. So I remember before the match, um, uh, Gambino was supposed to beat me up outside the ring. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to interfere in the match, distract the referee. Gambino pulls me down from the apron, and then he's supposed <laughs> to beat me up. So I don't think Gambino had any kind of training either, so... I pretty, much, I pretty much told him, uh, just give me a clothesline as hard as you can right across my chest. Just hit me as hard as you can, clothesline. Um, so, you know, so time comes, get up on the apron, distract the referee, you know, Gambino pulls me down and he, you know, throws the clothesline and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to make this look good mm-hmm. because he, you know, I just told him to hit me across the chest, that's all. So I kick my feet up and I, Kind of do one of one of those flips. It looked, it looked you know? great. It was yeah, great. Looked, it looked awesome. Yeah, it looked pretty vicious because but. he hit me square, square right here, which is which, which was nice, which didn't hurt because right. you, you get the arm and the chest right. So, oh. so it didn't hurt, and it would it let me kick my my feet up, and so it kind of took a backward, yeah. you know, land high and tight on the outside, and um, and then you know he's but. slamming my head, to the, uh, you know, no. into the ground, and that looked great too. So. It
1: was fun for me. Clothesline looked amazing. Slamming your head into the ground looked incredible. And then Gambino decided to add a cherry on top that just shouldn't have been there. When he decided to give you a slow motion grazing of the forearm to the head. Like, it was... Uh, this I I don't care if it takes days I will find the footage of this I'm hoping that right now you are watching this footage again and again in slow motion right here Yeah it was it that was not good but the I match that was really that great was a highlight Yeah it was really good Mangle hit an amazing clothesline off the top
3: the clothesline like drops he powerbomb me he belly to belly me it was yeah. great Yeah it was
1: it it was awesome It um,
0: was really good.
3: When uh, Gambino came in after the match, I choke slammed him. Rod Rod pulls him out by his arm under under the bottom rope. His Gambino's shoe falls off as it hits the bottom rope. As Gambino lands on the ground, he catches his shoe as he's being dragged yes. away.
1: So we had that. Uh, I should mention Joe Gertner was a commentator at our, uh, right. the show. You know my, my good friend Joel Gertner, who uh, you can go over to adfreeshows.com and check out. That was extreme. Myself, the Blue Meanie, and Joel Gertner. Um, I am sandwiched on that show between the Blue Meanie and Joel Gertner, and if you put the two of them together, you get Sassy Mike Malassi. So it's uh,
0: the, one, but- the one thing that, the one thing that's worth saying about about Gertner was how disappointed we were <laughs> that he showed up, and and the man had made a, a, a tremendous effort to get himself in shape, and he showed up unrecognizable.
1: Yeah, and we're like we
0: expected we expected the lovable fat Joel Gertner and he showed up in such good shape. We didn't know who the hell he was.
1: We're like, what are, what are we supposed to do with this? What, what what is this? Um, but now Joel was, was awesome to work with. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and the, the other thing that, um, that happened in the previous show that we never talked about, um, that I had kind of in my memory was, uh, Referee Kevin Keenan had not had his first wrestling match yet, but uh, you know he became a referee years later for WWE. Uh, Kevin Keenan took a bump that was fun. That was
0: that was at um at uh, Redemption Redemption. Yeah, okay. He was
1: uh he really wanted to get involved, really wanted to get involved. So we did a thing where he was a cameraman. He's taking pictures, flash photography at Big Lou while he's cutting a promo. Big Lou is not happy about it, so he grabs him. He's supposed to throw him into the ring hard way, right? Which for those who don't know. Lou will pull on the ropes and Kevin will flip into the ring, land on his back, get up, and Lou is going to Gorham. Uh, Kevin goes over the top rope, back under. Well, he the never rope. let go of the rope. Never let go of the rope. So he goes over the top, under the middle rope, lands with his back on the bottom rope, and then slides to the outside, ass over tea kettle. But yeah, so anyway, so Calvin put on a great performance, um, getting getting his ass kicked. Uh, Mangle yeah, had a little ma- high
2: from the uh, from the uh, crowd reaction.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it was it was really good in that match. We had, we had a good
2: crowd for that show.
0: Really good
1: crowd. Yeah. Uh, we were getting really good crowds there. We were really building. Um, and I and Mangle put on a great match with uh, with Rod Greco and um, and then. And then I had my match with Noah and we knew it wasn't going to be good. Noah was not in very good shape. And so I looked at it and I said, okay, well, what do you do with a match when somebody can't wrestle? And we were not that far removed. I think a year earlier was the Shane McMahon, Kurt Angle classic at King of the Ring. So I started thinking my wheels are turning and I'm thinking, all right, well, what can we do? So we start the match off with some actual wrestling to kind of show, whereas back in the day I ran from him and tried to do a cheap shot and all that. Started with a little bit of actual wrestling where he did like a, a, a belly to back suplex to me and all that. It was kind of cool. But what we were building towards was this big spot. Uh, I should say also, the guy we were working with, we were working with a kid at a camp and I worked out a spot where Noah moved and I super kicked the kid out of his chair. Um, and that was awesome. But
0: anyway. You, we talked last time about how I redeveloped the stage so that it would accommodate Mark mess and everybody. So I put all that work and, and a fair amount of, of Josh's money into building this stage. Yeah. And then we go to West Virginia, we don't bring the stage and then we go back to colonial and Josh goes, so about that stage, it's not going to work for what I want to do. You got to build me a, a special structure. For it this, was a for literal,
1: path. not going to work for me, brother conversation. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, but no, he said, he said, I want I need something. I'm gonna I'm gonna be falling from a great height and I need something I I, I wanna have like a uh some somewhere where we can hide that there's gonna be any kind of protection underneath and I need a I need a breakaway floor and just run with that idea.
1: And this so is that, really so, important to talk about right now because Oh yeah, yeah. Today, as we're recording this on May sixth, um the internet was exploding talking about Chris Jericho's bump off of the blood and guts cage at AEW and how he landed clearly on a crash pad and how it looked like uh, it was like cardboard on top and all that stuff. And I made a a point on Twitter that got a huge response from people. I was really blown away, but I made the point of like, yeah, it could have been covered better. It could have looked better. Um, They could have shot it differently in an angle where you weren't seeing exactly how it was but that fall like you can't like that's a scary thing to do a fall like that even when you know you're landing on a crash pad even when you know you're landing on mats and that was something that you know so Fred continue with the set if you want to explain kind of um, we'll show we'll roll so some the, footage here
0: yeah so the set i i believe so there was no stage there were essentially two cubes that I, I designed this and kind of pre-cut pieces and brought them and never, never pre-assembled this stage until the day of the show. Um, we just had to kind of hope it would work. And, and it was these two cubes and they were designed with um, these like reflective sort of panels that I found at home Depot on the top. Instead, so it looked like it was like a wood surface. Line, but it, it wasn't,
1: it looked almost identical though, to the gray painted wood yeah. surface that we How had was The before? idea.
0: So, so it couldn't be a real stage because it wasn't going to have any structural support, but but it looked similar to that, and the people just walked out in between.
1: Originally, and, originally, yeah. we wanted it to be the stage, and I was going to put Noah on there, and I was going to climb to the top, a la Shane yes. McMahon, and drop an elbow. And we, ba- you basically said you are like, I don't know how I can build something that will both support the 270 pound Noah Mm -hmm. and everybody walk, forget even if it was a part that people didn't walk on, but support Noah, but also be safe enough as a breakaway for when I landed on it. And thankfully one of the few times we were smart enough to, or I was smart enough to listen to you and go, all right, (laughs) (laughs) we'll come up with something else. So
0: so the cubes were, were very flimsy and they basically, um, they inside was a whole bunch of we had we had mats and then um cardboard boxes up on top. Yeah, if I may. And the, the only thing I did not not think I'll, I'll, I'll let you go in a second, mm-hmm. but like the, the only thing when I look back on it was that I did not design the the perimeter of the cube to be flimsy in any way, so it was kind of relying on your ability to hit directly into the center of it.
1: Yeah, which was nerve wracking. But so what happened was, and I will say. I know we have the footage here somewhere. I know I'm showing it right now or have shown it already. But if you look at that reflective thing that you're talking about there, that's kind of in a nutshell. Had AEW covered the crash pad with those, nobody would have said a word. No one would have said a word about what happened because it would have looked... Because it looked vicious. The way that that crumbled up when we hit it. Underneath, we had a legitimate crash pad from like the gymnastics crash pad that, or or the cheerleaders from the school had a legit crash pad. Then we had a couple of mats on top of that. And then we had a bunch of boxes that I had gotten the night before at giant. I went to giant food market and, uh, and just was like, Hey, do you guys have a bunch of boxes and got that? And that's pretty much what we did to break my fall. Um,
0: So the takeaway here is if if Tony Khan, um, Tony, go to giant, you know, (laughs) just go to giant next time. (laughs) I was trying to put myself over for a job. Uh Oh Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) hire Fred,
1: hire Fred and then shop at giant. There you go. That's what you gotta do. Fred will design your stuff. Um, but no, so, so pretty much what we, we didn't know what we were going to do, what I was going to climb. And we pretty, I went there before like a couple weeks before and they told me they're like, Hey, we could set up a cherry picker, which is what they use to bring, send all the way up to change the light bulbs in the gymnasium. And I'm like, well, how high can I do this or whatever? And the, the, so pretty much we settled on the cherry picker will go up. I will climb and stand on the, on the, uh, on the backboard of the, uh, basketball net. So that was how high up we were. I want to say it was probably about 15 feet. From the ground.
0: Yeah. Not high. 15
1: feet from the... I mean, the structure was probably a good four feet. So, you know, it was maybe like a 10 or 11 foot to the structure. But the reality was 15... It seemed pretty damn high. Um, so, the way we did it was Big Papa was coming after me. And I climbed to get away from him. And he climbed after me like uh, King Kong. And uh, he goes up there and he gives me a couple punches in the back. The third punch... I fall through the stage. I kind of fell sideways because unlike the lunatic Shane McMahon, I was not, and and Chris Jericho, which is another thing, I did not have the balls to go completely backwards. And part of that was because we knew if I hit the side, I right. was going to land on a solid piece of wood. It was not going to be good. Um, but it went, Beautiful. the
0: Ric Flair side bump. Ric Flair
1: side bump, but it that spot it, that spot was great. It was really
0: cool, and if, if, if it had been it the only great. spot, that would have uh, that would have been yeah. really good.
1: Because I had watched the Shane McMahon thing, what stood out to everybody was that after he went through that glass, he then went back through the glass again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So to me, I'm like. That's what we need. Everybody needs to be like, my God, he's dead. That's it. It's over. And then holy shit, he goes through another thing. What was supposed to happen was Big Papa was supposed to power bomb me, which was his finish. He was supposed to power bomb me uh, from the bleachers through the yeah. second part of the, of the second structure that was identical. And then after the doctor's there and everything like that, and the, the shoot doctor was there, you know, um, then he was going to push everybody out of the way. He was going to throw me over his shoulder, carry me into the ring. And he was going to go in there. And that's when, uh, he was going to say it was one last thing. He was going to power bomb me from the top rope, but before he could do it, Brody was going to run out, nail him with a chair over the head. Um, and from that, I would be able to grab him into superstardom from the top and just kind of slump my body on top of him and get the win. Well, Noah was blown up, went to do the power bomb, and but by the grace of God, uh, I mean that man just straight up dropped me on the bleachers, um, and thankfully I rotated enough that I just kind of landed awkwardly, but didn't land on my head. And then so he bad. just grabbed me and threw me
0: um, onto yep. the thing. Blew the whole illusion because, because it's like an effortless little toss and the whole thing collapses. Yeah. There, were, there, was a lot, there was a lot that went very – I mean, we're lucky that that, that part went you – know, you survived. But like, I, I think there was a lot that wasn't right great about the, the idea behind it. Um, I don't think we knew – Calvin, you were with me in the back. Side. I, I don't think we knew that Josh was going to take – that anything else was happening beyond the big – the one big fall, right? So Yeah, you're right. The, I only the, knew
2: about the big fall.
0: I think that's all we knew and and, um, we're waiting for that and see what would happen and I will say at this point Josh had the respect of the the locker room that he was seen as the top guy so uh, all the guys like the indie workers and everybody would come around they wanted to see what was going to happen in this match there was a whole crowd around Gorilla waiting to see what was going to happen and And I was something um, I
1: took seriously too was because I at this point I was starting to see myself as the kid that everyone saw me as and I felt like I need to be taken seriously, and if there I was do a whole, this, the 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 boys will take me seriously.
0: Um, yeah. So so the, I mean so there were several problems, and obviously the the screw up that was you know could have been really disastrous, and it wasn't, but it, it blew the illusion by going through the other cube, and then and there was definitely a lot of heat. And I know Josh, you've always disputed this, but but a lot of the wrestlers were 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 vocal about the fact they 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 wanted you to they they wanted you to lose i think because but but our intention was not to turn you face which is what it should have been in that kind of thing you took an unbelievable beating he carries you back to the ring and you basically fought back almost instantly like like got got your like like your hulk up you know and and i remember the wrestlers are very upset about like why why did he book himself that way because i think the idea would have been that you like you just kept fighting the good fight and eventually got beat down or whatever and, and, and you get you get fan support. And but that was never the point. You that, weren't supposed to get fan support.
1: Right, but the answer of why, I, although at the end, he and I did shake hands, Um the answer of why I booked myself that way was because I was stupid and didn't understand psychology and didn't really know and didn't really, didn't get that side of it and didn't see it. And a lot of the time, we had that, especially in two thousand two. There was that mindset of, well, if I just keep fighting, I just keep fighting through, and then I'll kick out of that, and then I'll punch, and I'll. Be, and people would be like, "Wow, look at him! He's getting, he's he's getting yeah. his comeback." But what I didn't realize was, I should have. He should have carried me into the ring, and I should have kicked out at two and three quarters because that was what we were going for—that false finish. Because if you think about it. It had been enough time that he took to drag me to the ring. It's not like it was three seconds after one big move. Right. And then he was supposed to go for the power bomb. The problem is, I kind of started working again after that.
0: That's what i was saying. You got you got and, the, uh, the, the you got the shine right after. Yeah, and, and, and what I should and have done
1: is, I should have kicked out at that. He should have gra- He should have been pissed off. Grabbed me. Hit me with a vicious power bomb. And then and hook the leg one two three and there's no movement at nope. all to show like he had that last bit of uh, uh, you know but okay he's done
0: but none of us got that that's and oh. it's, you know hindsight is twenty twenty and you're you're now now you're you're post uh, Al Snow's education right. and the, well you also have that that. you have
1: to remember too we were trying to figure out and we did it was a screw job finish with Birdie coming out there we were trying to make it one and one so we could have the rubber match
0: right right
1: um. Right. It, looking back on it we should have done 2 and 0 and if we were ever going to have that third match was me being like i have to you know i know i can beat you i have to beat you no matter what i've accomplished in my career it doesn't mean yeah. anything to me because i've never beaten you and that would have been a better way to do it but hindsight being so i 20, I, I guess 21
0: yeah i, I guess uh, at this point we we got to wrap up soon i know cuz you you have uh, bigger and better things to attend to that wasn't
2: um, that wasn't the show with Perry set. No
0: well, no that's no, next month no, no. that, that's later. Yeah. but but I think we do have to talk about the rematch of Sassy and Brody, I think right Before, Yes this uh, is the
1: one that that almost killed Mark Mast. So Sassy and Brody had an incredible match that ended with Brody getting staples in his head and it was you know but it was a lot of fun and it was really everybody had a good time. So two months later we're like, well let's do it again. And uh, it was good. Brody did an incredible uh jump off the top uh, of the uh, of the ladder. Just walked up to the top of a ladder. like I've you talk about Rod having this natural talent and ability. Brody was another one who just like used to piss me off because I'm just like you're so damn good. and if you actually trained and actually put, you know, time in you could make a career out of this you really could because he also kind of had that it factor about him um that's not to say that other people like mangle didn't have didn't have it and i'm not saying that i'm saying is these guys mangle had it in a lot of ways because mangle worked hard and became a, a talented wrestler these other guys didn't work hard and become talented wrestlers they relied on this natural ability that they had this natural athleticism that just kind of you know that like I didn't have to be able to climb to the top of a ladder and not Mangle had that. Cause he did that, uh, the, the coming up in January, right. Did the, yeah. uh, climb to the top of the ladder, but Brody, I remember just walked up there, hit a frog splash off the top. Um, it was crazy. But, um, at one point they decided to turn it up with the food and that's where they brought in tomatoes and flour wow. and yeah. made a mess of that ring and Mark messed, that was when he, yeah. he picture Cal- like Calvin wrestling. and I are,
0: Calvin and I are sitting there at the at the table and to to our left which I guess is where all the where the wrestlers would come out and all to, to our left there's a crowd forming and and Calvin's like what's what, what's going on there and I said I don't know like is I like, supposed to be going out because like, you know we were really we were always like there was an anxiety around <laughs> what Calvin and I had to do you remember I'm sure like they like Getting sure, making sure that we. And apparently, I did miss a cube, but uh, trying to trying to make sure we hit all these. I think you missed it,
1: Now that I think about it, because Calvin was still helping
2: you. Yeah,
1: but Calvin was out with Mangle. I believe he was,
2: he was out there, right? Yeah, yeah you got to remember, um, we didn't have a backstage TV monitor. No, so we didn't, didn't have little gimmicks really have in the ears. And and yeah. No, it
0: was it, it was that I, I've done I've done a little bit of of working backstage in theater, and, it, and there's a similar any kind of production, but but we were so bare bones that there's. From the time you you begin the show to the time you finish the show, you, there's an anxiety level of, like, what's coming next? What's coming next? you got to hit these marks over and over and over again. So we, we did not we like – une- We had a script? We had a script.
2: Of when we yeah. had to hit the
0: marks. Yep. So we did not like unexpected things. And all of a sudden, we see a crowd forming, like someone's about to do a run-in or something, and we had no idea what was happening. Like, are we supposed to be hitting some music? And we're trying to figure it out. And um, – and it's Mark Mass surrounded by just, like, a bunch of people as he's just sort of, like, just holding, venting holding to the court, crowd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So someone else can take it from there. Yeah,
1: he's basically, he's just, ah, And he talks to us about how offended he was, how disrespectful it was to do that to his ring. Uh, and he was right. And we didn't realize that. Right. And looking at it now as adults, you know, looking back and looking at it as his property, mm-hmm. you know, we were just... And that was a a downfall on our part in a lot of ways. You know, we would look at things and we would see the big picture, but we would never, you know, we would see the forest. We wouldn't see the trees. And unfortunately, a lot of times we'd see this big thing. Oh, if we do this and we do that, we didn't realize that like, okay, here's what's really going on. And that happened a lot with story that happened a lot with our talent in general. Oh man, he's got a great look and here's a great storyline. Oh, but they can't work. They don't, they don't know how to wrestle, <laughs> you know, eh, it's a little thing. The whole picture looks great. Um, but yeah, mess. I remember when he said that, oh, he goes, ah, it just kind of, it gets you right here. It gets you right here. I remember him saying that to me and I remember and I said, I'm making light of it, but I felt horrible. And I told him, I said, here's the, I said, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like yeah, you know, you got to get that dry, professionally, like dry cleaned. Like you can't, and which is true. You can't throw a, 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 you know. The canvas in the dryer, and I told him, I said, "Get it professionally cleaned. Send me a bill," uh, which I don't believe he ever did. Um, but I told him, I said, "Send me a bill. If he, if you, if we can't clean it, like spot clean it, which I think we were able to spot clean it, but if we can't spot clean it, get it professionally cleaned. Send me a bill. Um, probably would have been the first time that Matt was cleaned, but still, you know." Um, but all this to say, this was a great show, and, and one of the things that they had in that match, Brody and, and Mike, was a trash can. The trash can was purchased at the mall, I believe. Um, and at the mall, they met a guy. His name was, uh, was Morad Habesian. Um, Morad is no longer with us. Morad passed away a number of years ago. Um, but Morad plays a very, very, very important part in the next few months, which I think we'll talk about next time. Uh, the idea was they had met him, I believe, in the June show. And in this show, the August show, Morod was there with a gimmick table. He had Morad's toys, yeah. which was not a store, it was a, a kiosk in the Plymouth meeting mall, I want to say. And so he was there selling all selling merchandise and things like that and action figures and all. Um, at, uh, at the event and, um, that relationship with Morad grew after that event. Um, we had a really good rapport with him and we'll get into that more next time. But after this, uh, the one thing that I want to leave everybody with was after this show, very shortly after this show, um, Fred and I, uh, parted ways with the camp we were working at, um, uh, as did our referee, James Davis, uh, JD, um, parted ways as well as a great opportunity to just quit. Cause he didn't want to, be, he didn't want to be there anymore. So he just was like, yeah, I'll support you guys. Um, I believe Andrew Sagan though, did not leave because he, he didn't want it to affect his,
0: uh, his college applications. college applications or his,
1: uh, his resume. But, um, Yeah, so we were kind of pissed off and summer had sucked and I was burnt out from losing some money on the TWF shows. And we all kind of got together and we said, we need to get the hell out of here, man. You guys want to go to Canada? Just like that. (laughs) We need to get the hell out of here. You guys want to go to Canada? And the picture in the opening of this show every, every time is a picture of all of us standing out in our driveway um that is a picture from right before we left for that Canada trip in two thousand two. It was the four of us and our friend Biz. Um and we went to uh we went to Canada uh and videoed the whole thing um for Doc and Bill Bain. And we'll talk about that more next time. But specifically
2: uh, Toronto and Montreal.
1: Specifically yeah. Toronto, Montreal, and specifically uh, ending up at WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, with Triple H and Sean Michaels. Triple H at a stop sign. Yes, but we'll get to that. But Mangle, we're trying to we're trying to entice people we're, to we're hyping in next up. time. Um, so Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, I wonder what these shows are going to be like once we get through all of our all of our <laughs> stories. But it's fun for us to reminisce, and I hope that you're all enjoying this, and hopefully you're watching this, too. We have been getting a turnout that's like 15 times the turnout of our videos um, and audio. But I implore you, if you take the time, go scrub through. Because we have been able to put some footage in and it's really fun to be able to. We've heard from a lot of people that they enjoy being able to actually put faces to the names and uh, be able to, you know, you can visualize something in your mind. But then, yeah, we're all seeing Calvin Tan's face right now. You got to go in and see it. Um, Calvin, I just want to ask, not to make light of anything, but are you being abused at home? Are you covering something? Is there.
2: I literally just took a shower before. So this is what happens when I get out of the shower, man.
1: You're fully vaccinated now, right?
2: I am. I've been, I, I have been. Yes.
1: When are you going to get a haircut?
2: Uh, probably soon. I just haven't gotten around to it. Don't do
1: it. Yeah. Don't do it. Cause you it's, never know when it's... heat waves coming back.
2: Yeah. I just, just really haven't thought about it, but it is getting hot. So maybe yeah. before the summer.
1: Yeah. I think the summer is going to make you want to,
2: want to do that. But, uh,
1: but, yeah, so any final, final thoughts before we go? Uh, Matt Mangle, anything else you want to say about this time period?
3: No, no, I got plenty more to say uh, <laughs> come the next time. More stories about the next time. So, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. Been fun? The, uh,
1: talk about the uh, Phoenix. Oh,
3: okay. And a the, table uh, at the Plymouth meeting mall.
1: Oh, ho, 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 hashtag balls out for Virgil. We should talk about that. <laughs> Virgil will be making an, well, let me rephrase that. He will not be making an appearance on our show. He will be making an appearance <laughs> in these stories. Uh, yeah. Virgil, Virgil plays a part. Uh, I think we may have been the first people to ever experience lonely Virgil. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, some good times, but uh but yeah, but uh Calvin Tan, any uh, any final thoughts of this time period for you? Uh
2: I think it was just glad that those shows were over because they were just they were it was getting hot yeah. in those gyms. Um so I think I think a much needed break was needed at that time and mm-hmm. I'm kinda I'm glad that we took that road trip to Canada.
0: Yes. Fred, final thoughts? Um I think I think we had a lot going right for us at the time. I think we've said this every time that we we were continuing to make missteps as every wrestling company does. And, you know, we were in our own bubble. Um, we were shooting ourselves in the foot a lot of the time, but I think we did have an audience. There was, there was interest in what we were doing. We had some consistency to our storylines. Um, it was probably one of the other than West Virginia was probably one of the rare times where we had pretty steady attendance from our wrestlers that we could build these storylines that people weren't no showing as much. Um, And yeah. And then in the middle of all that, the money became a big, big problem and just burnout. And I think we, we felt that if we were going to continue, we needed to walk away from it for a little while and revamp things a little bit.
1: Yep. And which was was a decision that was kind of made on the trip to Canada. Um, And we'll talk all about that next time. Um, also a a brief shout out to our mom who at Inferno had to be stuck in the ticket booth with Frank talent. May he rest in peace. Uh, from what we understand, it smelled as though he had already passed. Um, so, uh, but with that, uh, everybody let's, uh, let's go on social media. Follow us at, uh, at, The TWF show. Follow us all as individuals. Mangles over there at mangle strength. Calvin's barely on Twitter at underground magi, but you can find him on Instagram. Uh, By the way, Calvin, if you want to go ahead and follow or like uh, talking with friends on Twitter, we'd appreciate it. Um, But Calvin, so you want
2: me to log into my Twitter after so many years?
1: Calvin Tan is over there. Who knows? You might be getting all this fan mail from people
2: um My DMs. maybe, Cal- yeah, maybe people DMs. slid
1: into your dms man you gotta check your dms uh but calvin can also be found on instagram over at uh calvin Tan magic is that right
2: that is right
1: and fred oh by the way
2: real yeah. quick i shout out to uh the Mini, who i think on one of the shows suggested a new band called greta van fleet which is which i downloaded the album the other day and it's amazing
1: and shout out to the Meanie yeah, for allowing us. To, yeah. Shout out to the Meanie for allowing us to do this on the Mind of the Meanie YouTube channel, right. youtube.com/slash Mind of the Meanie. Make sure that you uh, that you like it, you subscribe, and you hit that little bell, ding ding ding. Uh, and Fred, you can be found on social media at Frederick Chernoff. Is that correct? Oh, I just had a little. Uh, who was the person who used to do that back in the day? Go, Go For Him, Fla- uh, Winnie the Pooh. I was going with Cla- yep. uh, Dr. Claire Brown.
0: No. Magdalene and I had the same thought.
1: Yeah, um, but uh, Fred's at Frederick Chernoff on Twitter. Um, go give him. I a I mostly follow. just
0: like things that Conrad Thompson posts. So
1: yeah, and uh, and Conrad Thompson likes the things that you you post. Uh, Fred is continuing to animate. Just animated a new uh, short stories to swaggle that I had an opportunity right. to watch is fantastic. If you're a fan of What Happened When with Tony Shavani you're going to want to check this out. Uh, really, really good. And some more exciting stuff to come there, I'm sure. Uh, Matt Mangle, by the way, made an appearance over on Mind of the Meanie. Um, and then, which which I'm not saying that you were the specific reason that we got that two-star review, saying that I talk too much about my friends from high school that nobody knows nor cares for. Um, but, uh, but Matt Mangle... Uh, we were we were plugging in uh, personal training unlocked over on YouTube and uh, the mangle called me how am I not gonna put him on the air um, when he does that but yeah everybody go right now it's linked it's linked inside the uh, inside our, our YouTube video here so go check in the in the uh, the profile gimmick there um, go give him a a subscribe give him a like and a subscribe and a,
3: and a thank you ding-a-layer. appreciate it much appreciated thank you
1: yeah Looking at you guys. Get your ass in shape. Whoever's watching this. Mangle will give you all the tips. Fight COVID. Just for a minute. See how it feels. For Fred Chernoff, Calvin Tan, Matthew S. Mangle, I am Josh Chernoff. These are my friends. And thank you for watching as I talk with them. We will see you again next time for another episode of Talking with Friends.